Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the third episode of But What If It's Perfect. I'm your host, Panda. And this week, I have to get into something that I didn't want to get into on Sunday because I felt like the subject hadn't had time to breathe at that point. But it is something that I absolutely wanted to talk about last Sunday. I pushed it off for a couple days, recording here on Wednesday. Probably won't be released until Friday so we can get onto a regular schedule with these. But this week, this week... I'm drinking a Barefoot Pinot Grigio. Cheap wine, very popular, very easy to have access to. For those of you who haven't had it, uh, it's not bad, you know, for what you're getting. Or you're paying for it, I can't complain. It's the first white wine I've featured on this podcast, and uh, the reason I bought it is because I read that it was one of, or it was the most well-liked barefoot wine and I have to admit it's not bad it's better than I thought it was going to be uh, a little sweet to me it's something I'd have to have for dessert I don't think I could drink this with just anything I don't even know if I would drink this on its own unless I was just really craving a sweet wine it's just it's, just, it's very sweet so I wouldn't recommend pairing it with anything unless you're going to drink it with a with a dry dessert possibly uh, that's just me. That's just me. That's what I'm drinking today. I want to know what you guys are drinking today. Please let me know what you're drinking as you listen to this. Maybe it's as simple as a homemade smoothie. Maybe it's just water. That's fine too. I want to know what you guys are drinking. So, we have to get into it. We have to get into the, the anthem, the protests. The NFL. I don't want to talk about the NFL. I don't watch the NFL anymore. Uh, and we will certainly get into that in a later date. But what I want to focus on is the anthem. And everything that's going along with it. The whole, every sub-argument that has come along with it. Because our... I was going to go with sarcasm there, and I decided against it. Uh, 45 on his uh, Twitter account. Because that's the way our president decides to talk about news. Has openly and vehemently discussed his hatred for those players that choose to kneel during the anthem. Or protest uh, racial inequality during the anthem. And he has chosen to make it about the anthem. He has chosen to make it about how it's disrespectful to the military men how it's, and women and how it's disrespectful to the country and the flag. Let me be clear. An American's right to kneel or sit or stand or do cartwheels while the national anthem is being played is exactly the right that everybody in every war has ever fought for in this country. We have the ability to openly critique our country. We have the ability to choose whether or not we want to stand behind our country all the time. That's one of the building blocks of the United States. Is it not? Again, Rhetorical question, because countries have tried 
and countries do force patriotism on their people. There are countries that do that, and there are countries that have tried it, and guess what? It doesn't work all that great, because when somebody's told they have to love something, when somebody's told they have to respect something, they don't, by and large. Either way, that is actually besides the point, beside the point, because these protests are for racial inequality in this country. They're not about protesting the national anthem or the flag. Rosa Parks' protest wasn't about the bus lines. Okay? To make it about the buses shows your inability to capture the depth of the protest. And to make it into something that it isn't. And to completely avoid the real problem is infuriating. Because here's the thing. Colin Kaepernick decided to kneel for the anthem when very few other players were. He started the movement. And he's not signed because of that. Let's make that clear. He's not signed because of that. When quarterbacks like Jay Cutler and Case Keenum and Brock Osweiler and Joe Webb, who hasn't played since 2014 as a receiver, when these guys are signed to play quarterback, you have to ask, why is Kaepernick not being signed? He was a starting quarterback as early as last year. And his skills have not diminished that much. He is not old. It was not long ago he was one of the most feared quarterbacks in the league and he was being compared to all-time greats. So why is he not being signed now? Because of his protests, his political openness. It's unfortunate, but... That is the reason behind everything that's going on right now. And the reason that other players and every team decide to suddenly stand up and, and do the same is because Trump came out and said that the sons of bitches who kneel during the anthem should be fired. I don't want to misquote him. I will paraphrase a little bit, but he did say, wouldn't it be great if those sons of bitches got fired? No, it wouldn't, because that would make us like Nazi Germany. From the 1930s and 40s, Mr. Trump. It wouldn't be great if people got fired because of their political opinions and their opinions on racial inequality. That would not be great. How? How you won the electoral college is beyond me. Either way. I completely agree with every single player who believes openly or not openly that racial inequality is a real problem in this country. 
Because here's the thing. When I was in school, in grade school, I remember my school read the Pledge of Allegiance over the loudspeakers every day. I pledge allegiance to the flag, the United States of America, and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Right? My school said that over the loudspeakers every day. And I remember in fourth grade for the first time I was eight years old. I remember thinking, why am I pledging allegiance to the country every day? It seemed odd back then. And I'm not 100% sure that I was able to really put words behind it, but I knew that it made me feel uncomfortable. And make no mistake about it, my dad immigrated here from Peru. My mother was born in California. both loved this country. So why did I feel uncomfortable pledging allegiance to the country every day? I can't answer that now with certainty, but I can tell you that was the first memory I have of being uncomfortable with the way everything was done. And when I started uh, going to sporting events when I was a teenager, I remember having to stand, put your hand over your heart for the national anthem. And again, it made me feel uncomfortable. But in both circumstances, both in fourth grade and as a teenager, I stood up with everybody else and I just didn't do anything. I didn't want to stand out, I didn't kneel, I didn't sit. I didn't want to stand. I don't want people to stare at me and, and, and judge me. It wasn't about making a statement. It wasn't about being politically correct. It was about me being uncomfortable singing a national anthem or saying the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm able to look back on that now. Look back on why was I uncomfortable. And as almost any person of color can tell you, it's because I wasn't comfortable in my country. I would walk through the stores in my local neighborhood as a teenager and I'd be followed by store employees. I would walk into stores and I would get sideways glances. And here's the reality. I was one of the students who they never need to be worried about. I I never did anything wrong. Ever. <laughs> and I didn't realize why I was being followed for the longest time. I didn't realize why I would get weird glances. I didn't realize why people would stare at me. And then I did. Because I would talk to my friends who were predominantly white and they didn't have the same experiences. And eventually, it clicks. Eventually, it all comes together and you understand why. 
And I guess I always knew. I guess I always understood. And I guess I just couldn't put it into words. Because it, it really is frustrating. And upsetting. And infuriating. Because that's not the world that a child should grow up in. That's not the neighborhood that I should have been raised in. It has nothing to do with the neighborhood my parents chose. It has to do with the country that I grew up in. A country that sees me for the color of my skin and puts me into a category of below others. That's the country that I grew up in. So when you ask me to stand and pledge allegiance or, or stand for the national anthem. I'll stand. But I will not sing along. I will not say the pledge. In my own head. I will just be thinking about something else. And then. As Kaepernick and as the rest of the NFL slowly. Began to do their own things and make it known. That they that they disagreed with the way they were being treated and the people of their race was being treated. It gave power to me and to every other person of color in this country because yes, that is exactly how we feel. That is exactly how it feels. To sit here and say there is no racial inequality in this country is a joke. Either you say that because you are in denial, or you say that because you have never experienced it. And let me tell you, if you have never experienced racial inequality in this country, please tell me where that is. Because it doesn't exist in the country that I've seen, and I have been to the majority of states. And yes, there are always going to be people treat me fairly. There are always people who look at me and don't see the color of my skin. But look at who was elected president and, looked, and look at how he portrayed people of color. And tell me that there's no racial inequality in this country. So don't make it about being disrespectful to the flag because it's not. We're not burning the flag. We're not throwing it on the ground. We're not stomping at it. We're not spitting at it. We're not even rolling our eyes and muttering under our breath. That would be disrespectful. What we are doing is simply choosing not to partake. Because we don't feel like the country we grew up in is proud of us. Even though we are proud of our country. By and large. We don't feel like the country is proud of us. If we wanted to move away, we would. And I can tell you that the most of the people who feel like this country doesn't treat us fairly, they still love the country. But you don't need to hate something to understand that it can improve. We can love something and understand that there are faults that need to be worked on at the same time. There are faults that have been swept under the rug for decades, for hundreds of years in this country. Problems that people like to ignore, pretend that they're not around when they are. Every single day. 
every single day. That's the country that I grew up in. That's the country that I love. But it's the country that I honestly don't feel like it loves me back. And there are people spreading more BS about how the NFL got paid from 2009 to 2016 to to hold the national anthem and to make players come out of the locker rooms, which just isn't the case. Maybe if you started watching the NFL in 2009, you would believe that. But I haven't watched the NFL. Well, I, I stopped two years ago. But I was watching the NFL from 1996 until 2015. And during no time was it unusual for for players to be on the field. I don't remember a time where players weren't on the field. Now, yes, the NFL received payments from the government to host something very different. The NFL got paid by the government to promote the military, to to bring soldiers back and and bring put them on the field to have to let soldiers sing the national anthem. It was just an advertisement for the military. That's what they were getting paid for. They were never getting paid for that national anthem. And there are so-called journalists out there claiming that that's the case. And it was never the case. It never has been the case. It never will be the case, I'm sure. But to sit there and say that, oh, did you know that this is why they're not, the players are now kneeling? We should just continue paying them and get back to football. No. You idiot. No. Do your research. Do your research. Uh. Mm. You know, speaking of when I was a child, I have to share this story with you guys because I thought about it earlier today and it's just been running through my mind ever since. I remember when I was a, a kid, before my parents split up, uh, they were in a fight, and they got in fights fairly often, but this fight was particularly bad, and I was four years old. <laughs> I was four years old, and they got in a fight, and I wanted to leave. I wanted to leave, so I did. <laughs> I had a little plastic suitcase, and I had the the urge to just pack it up and go. So while they were fighting, I went to my room, I opened up my suitcase, I put in three things. A blanket, my teddy bear, and a hammer. Now I feel like the teddy bear is self-explanatory. I don't really need to explain to you guys why I would bring my teddy bear, um, but just in case, I mean, I had to have a friend with me if I'm gonna run away from home. So I brought my bear, and I brought my blanket, I brought my hammer, and I walked out the front door, and I just started walking. And I didn't get very far, because a couple blocks down the road, my father pulled up to me in his car. He said, hey, where are you going? I was like, I'm running away. <laughs> I'm running away. He said, why? Oh, because you and mom are fighting, and I don't want to be there, so I'm running away. <laughs> 
He's like, well, what do you have in your suitcase? And I was like, I have my bear, and I have my blanket, and I have a hammer. He's like, why do you have a hammer? And I was like, well, I have to build myself a new house. I need my hammer. Now, mind you, this was a plastic hammer. Even if a four-year-old had the ability to build a house, I don't think a plastic hammer was going to get the job done. Unless I felt like it was a good choice. (laughs) So, he asked me then why I had the blanket. And I said, well, this is Wisconsin, Dad. It gets pretty cold at night. I'm going to need to keep warm in my new in my new house. So that's why I brought the blanket. And he said, wow, so you really planned this out, huh? I said, yes, I did. He said, so you're really going to be just gone, huh? I'm like, yes, I am. He's like, great, great. Well, uh, are you hungry? Oh, man. I... Yeah, I'm kind of hungry, Dad. But why do you uh, why do you bring that up? Well, son, did you did you bring any food? Ooh, that was a good point. He had me there. I had not brought food. I had not brought. Food. I had not even thought about that. And I looked at him. I said, "Nope, I did not bring any food." He's like, "Well, you know, your mom's making lasagna right now. I know it's your favorite." And I stopped. And I looked at him and I'm like, Mom's making lasagna? Yes, sir. Well, I followed up with, Well, I guess, I guess I can come back for dinner. But I'm leaving after that. He's like, alright, sounds good. Get in the car. I got in the car. We drove home. Had some delicious lasagna. And I did not run away that day. <laughs> I did not run away that day. But... I like to remember myself walking through River West in Milwaukee with my little suitcase, with my little plastic hammer and my teddy bear and my blanket, trying to get away from my arguing parents. I suppose it's kind of a sad story, but it's one that I remember often because I don't have many memories from from before fourth grade. Third grade and prior, I, I just I don't remember a lot. I'm not sure why, but the amount of memories I have prior to to the age of eight, I can count on one hand, and that's one of them. So I think about it often. <laughs> I think about it fairly often. But anyways, thank you guys. I know I went on a bit of a rant today, and... The, the wine section was, was shortened and, you know, the stories, while not as pointed, uh, still, still occurred. Like I said, I'm drinking the, the Pinot Grigio barefoot, not bad for the price. I see where people will just buy a couple bottles of this and just chill out at home, but like it's a little too sweet for my taste. Not enough body to that wine. But for a Pinot, it's, it's, you could do worse. You could definitely do worse. Thank you guys for listening again. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for giving it a thumbs up, the like button. I really appreciate it. Leave me your comments. Tell me what you're drinking. Tell me what you feel like you would like to hear me talk about next week. Have a good night, guys. <laughs>